Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm really excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today I want to talk about change. Now it's so normal that when you're thinking about recovery you might have a lot of fears about this. You know there might be a part of you that's really wanting to recover but another part of you is absolutely terrified. It might just seem completely impossible to make the changes and you might find it so hard as well to envisage a different you a recovered you, a you that doesn't do the eating disorder behaviours or spend hours of the day preoccupied with food and weight. Now, I've been thinking about change a lot recently, as personally, I'm working on myself at the moment in taking steps to get out of my comfort zone with my business. I've been cruising along in a safe space for a while. Not that anything is particularly bad or negative where I am right now, However, I know that if I stay where I am, it's not going to help me get to the place I want to get to long term. So I'm needing to take some brave steps forward. And it's scary because it's not until we really take that step back and think about the change that we realise how momentous and how overwhelming it can all feel. And I think when we start to do this, old insecurities can flood in, confidence can feel shaky, and there's a gnawing feeling of anxiety. Because I guess staying in the comfort zone is hugely protective from this. You know, we don't want to feel these uncomfortable feelings. So for me today, my changes aren't food or body related, as after a lot of work, I've recovered from bulimia, and I'm happy to say that I'm in a good place with food. But Working on my own change recently, it's really got me thinking again about how we deal with change and specifically how you might deal with change and recovery. You know, how do you set yourself up to win and how do you deal with the underlying and inevitable anxiety that's going to come up? So I'm going to share my three tips for how I'm supporting myself with change at the moment. And all these tips as well are just really um, translatable into recovery. So tip number one is you can survive your feelings. Now, when you make a change, you're understandably going to feel anxious. Your brain might begin to tell you every worst case scenario under the sun. You might be terrified of the unknown. Now, this can often be a really normal part of change. You will feel anxious, you will feel overwhelmed, and you will feel incredibly scared at times. But this doesn't mean that you should avoid the fear or stay in the comfort zone. You do need to feel the fear and do it anyway. Because most of the fears that we have are really hugely irrational and illogical. And many of our fears don't come true at all they're kind of all in our heads. So when we get these feelings of anxiety or overwhelm or terror, this is the time to really get the journal out, write it down. You know, just free associate. And what that means in counselling is like, don't censor what you're writing, just get it all down on the page and just write whatever is in your head. 
It could also be the time to talk to a trusted friend and someone who you feel really heard with. And the important thing here is, I guess, you don't want to be talking to a friend who's going to exacerbate your feelings of fear and kind of become really anxious too. You want to be able to speak to someone in a way who can listen and accept you and just kind of hear what you have to say. It might also be the time to have some time alone to process some of those fears because I think sometimes we can be kind of rabbit in the headlights with our fears and we let them completely consume us. Whereas sometimes when we can take a step back and kind of reflect on things a bit more and think about why we're feeling so scared, the rational brain has a chance to be able to kind of step in and to be able to give us a bit more kind of reassurance and some bit of kindness. So when we actually put pen to paper or we say things out loud or we have time to reflect, we can actually realise that many of our fears that we're having are quite unfounded. We can realise as well that we're giving ourselves an overly hard time and we can see that our thoughts are often widely irrational. Because when you just stay inside your head, you can kind of go round and round and round in an anxious loop. You can actually drive yourself really crazy. But you can survive your feelings. They may be unpleasant and they may be painful to bear, but feelings do pass. They're like waves. And by allowing yourself to feel the pain of the feeling or the uncomfortableness of it, you will also get to experience the joy and the happiness too rather than just feeling numb when you are maybe using the old coping strategy of restricting or binging or whatever it is that you're doing with food and body image that distracts and numbs from your feelings. And although that might be comfortable short term, it doesn't really help you move on and change. So feel the feels. Okay, number two, you can't live your life for other people and what they might think. Now, I'm grateful to say that I have made some leaps and bounds in caring much less about what others think, but it's still something that can hold me back. I'm someone who is sensitive and also has a deep empathy with others. So if I pick up on their feelings or I know that a course of action that I'm taking might not meet their approval, then it grates on me and I have to fight off feelings of irrational guilt. You know, I just so want everyone to be happy and to keep the peace. And I guess for me growing up, you know, that was something that was kind of a real survival strategy to kind of be the really good girl who kept quiet and was very passive and let everybody else kind of have their feelings and say what they wanted. And I would just kind of be um, the one that kind of, you know, kept it all nice and smooth, made sure everyone was okay. Um which, you know, short term, I guess, kind of worked. But, you know, long term, it's quite devastating for me because it meant I kind of really lost my identity and I didn't really know myself. I didn't trust my feelings and I had no sense of who I was. So it didn't really work. So if we live our lives continuously caring so much about what others think, we become stuck. We become puppets influenced by the demands of those around us. We lose self-confidence in our own voice and our self-esteem dwindles. So I'm understanding also that increasingly when we make changes in life, it is a process of losses and grieving is part of this whole process. Every time we make a stand and move in a different direction, 
we also have to say goodbye to something else. The decision to change may well still be the absolute right thing to do, but there can be a real feeling of loss. And I think as well, you know, when you're on that kind of journey in recovery, you know, sometimes people around you, um, you know, sometimes you have to distance yourself from people that used to be really important in your life because maybe they're not so helpful with your recovery and you need to at least temporarily have some space between them so you can really focus on, you know, the road that you're on and be much less influenced by their opinions. Because to be brave and step out of your comfort zone, it's absolutely impossible to please everyone all the time. And with recovery, you may get mixed reactions or unhelpful comments, even if these comments aren't intentionally unhelpful. So people might say, oh, you're eating a lot more, or don't put on weight too fast, or you look really well, or, you know, you're not going to binge, are you? And if you're feeling insecure, these comments can be hugely triggering and unhelpful and you might be tempted to revert back to old ways. You might adapt your behaviour to try and win approval or get a different response from those around you. So this is when you need to dig really deep and stay focused on your why. Why are you doing this? What are your deepest values and beliefs? What kind of life do you want for yourself? Now, the more that you dig deep and trust your inner healthy voice, the more confidence you will start to build. And you will always also begin to care much less about what others think. And actually as well, the more you access that inner voice as well, and you're able to kind of set boundaries and know yourself, other people around you will respect you much more too. So it's a win-win all round. So moving on to my final tip, It's having hope and belief that change is possible and then taking the steps. So having hope and belief that change is possible is absolutely vital in recovery. Because when we don't have hope or belief, we don't look for the solutions or the exits from our current situation. We begin to feel helpless and stuck. And I know myself, I have big goals. And part of me has been terrified to even look at some of these goals in an open and honest way. I felt that my dreams were impossible or beyond reach. I've almost been willing to settle and take a more comfortable route. But recently I've begun working on building up hope and belief. And this has started by being honest with myself about what I really want to change. I've then looked to others as well who are ahead of me and drawn on their wisdom and knowledge. I'm listening to podcasts, reading books and exposing myself to ideas that support the changes I'm working on. And as I'm doing this, I'm starting to believe in myself more. I'm beginning to take baby steps to implement the change. And rather than this all just being in my head, it means I'm collecting evidence to support the fact that change is possible. And the doing it bit is crucial because without doing it, it's just all in our heads. And when we take action, we strengthen that self-belief muscle as we produce evidence supporting the fact that we can change. This little change then gives more confidence and hope in taking another step. And one day you actually look back and you can see how far you've come. Now the changes aren't always easy and relying on willpower or how you feel on the day can be unreliable as both these things will fluctuate. Instead, it's about taking consistent baby steps, even when you don't feel like it. So adding in the snack, journaling when you've had had a binge, or you know to identify those emotions challenging yourself to eat out with your friends when you're really worried about doing it 
Reaching out to a friend for support when you're really tempted to withdraw and be in your head. You know, all those little steps are really helpful pushing you in the recovery direction. And you're not going to always feel like doing them. But every time you do them, you're strengthening even that self-belief muscle and building more confidence in yourself. And keep the hope and belief in change active daily. Have a vision board to remind yourself of where you're going. Book something to look forward to. Write down your mini victories so that you can track your progress. You know, it's really important because day to day it's so easy to lose sight of the bigger picture and why we're doing this. But the more you can kind of anchor yourself in keeping that bigger vision alive and active, you know, the more you're going to be able to take action in the right direction and the less likely you're going to be knocked sideways by things that happen in the world. So I hope this has given you some inspiration to make some change and remember you can survive your feelings. They can be tricky but avoiding them is actually much worse for the long term. Care less about what others think and stay in your own lane. Okay it's so important Nobody's going to completely ever get you. You're the one that has the wisdom and the knowledge inside of you that knows that, you know, deep down which direction you want to be moving in. The more you can trust and listen to that and care less about what others think, the better you're going to be. And finally, hold on to hope and belief about change because having hope and belief, I think you're almost halfway there because it kind of lifts your head above the parapet you can kind of see a vision of what might be possible and again it kind of helps you take those steps and it's so important to take those baby consistent steps to make your change a reality and it doesn't matter how small those changes are because every little change adds up and counts and really that is how people achieve change and success for the longer term it's unusual really that people have like an overnight transformation or everything just changes in one go. It's the little, little steps that count. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you're not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at The Eating Disorder Therapist. And for regular tips and insights into overcoming disordered eating, do sign up for my weekly articles on my blog page at rethinkyourbody.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.